Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Epic. If you're new with us, my name is Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. and so glad you've chosen to join us today as we are in part two of our series called Twisted Theology. And as we begin, I'm curious, how many of you are familiar with the movie Princess Bride? Anybody know that movie? Okay, if you don't know that movie, it would be a fun movie for you to check out. This movie came out in 1987. And it's kind of a fantasy, adventure, comedy movie. And there's some hilarious scenes in it, especially like the, the wedding scene when the priest stands up and, and presides over the wedding ceremony. If you haven't seen it, I won't give it away. Um, but I will give away a few other parts of that movie. There is a short character in that movie um, who's similar to me. He's bald and he's short. And he uses a, a word throughout the movie, kind of out of context. Anybody remember what that word is? Inconceivable. Inconceivable. And he says it with a little uh, lisp when he, when he does it. Like, it's just this fantastic uh, character in this movie. And then another character come, comes along and makes a statement to him. So this character is Inigo Montoya. And he is going after the revenge of his father's death. And he's got some great lines in the movie. But he comes up to this short, bald guy named Vizini. And he says, uh, you keep using that word. But I do not think it means what you think it means. That is my best Inigo Montoya impersonation right there. So you know, um, there's, uh, there's more to come with that this morning if you're, if you're enjoying that. So, we're going to take that statement and apply it to this message today and in this series, because there are many moments where we take something out of God's word and we twist it. We twist it with our opinions. We twi twist it with poor understanding of, of what God means. And then God comes along and says to us, you keep using that verse, but that's not what it means. And we need to have a more accurate understanding of what God means in scripture. So in this series, we're trying to untwist some of the bad theology that we have developed through the years. And last week, we started by exploring a word that many people are pushing today as the, the answer for all the conflict in our world. Anybody remember what that word was that we looked at last week? Tolerance. So right now, the world is telling us that tolerance is the best way to resolve conflict. And tolerance sounds like a good idea. It actually sounds like a God idea until you explore it. And the more you explore the word tolerance, I think the more that you get to what we're seeing in the Middle East right now. Anybody know what's going on in the Middle East? That's a great example of what tolerance leads to. People in the Middle East have been tolerating each other for a very long time. Tolerance leads to death. That's why God never asked us to tolerate anybody. He's asked us to do something much harder. He's asked us to love everyone. Not only does the Middle East need to apply that, but we need to apply that in our lives as well. We need to, especially if you're a Christ follower, we are called by God to love everyone and not tolerate anyone. Now today, we are going to explore 
one of the most twisted, one of the most misunderstood passages in scripture, misunderstood by Christians and non-Christians alike. And many times we don't even know where to find this verse in the Bible, but we know it's in there. And we pull it out when we feel like we need to use it as a defense against someone else and what they are doing to us. And I think God comes along and says, you keep using that verse, but it doesn't mean what you think it means. So we're going to start in Matthew chapter 7. And if you're familiar with Matthew from Matthew chapter 5, uh, 6, and 7, you understand that we're in the Sermon on the Mount. This is the longest sermon that we have recorded of Jesus. And in it, he hits all kinds of subjects. And then in verse 1, he lands on one of the most misunderstood things that he has said, and it's this. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Anybody ever heard that? I would dare to say that most of us have heard that verse, and so from that, we conclude that no one has a right to speak into our lives when when we're living poorly, And we don't have the right to speak into anybody else's lives if they're living poorly. And since Jesus made this statement, we think it's even more important that we follow what he's saying, even if we don't really understand what Jesus meant. So let's dive into this passage and try to understand a little bit more of what Jesus meant. We're going to read the whole passage and then we'll explore it. So Jesus said in verse one, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, well, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now, how many of you enjoy being judged? Anybody like to be judged here today? The only people that I know who like to be judged are contestants on like a a reality TV show. You know, like if you're a contestant on American Idol or something, like you might like being judged, but even in that moment, it's a little bit scary, but none of us really enjoy being judged. But I want you to think about this. All of us get judged, all of us. Some people get judged more than others, but we all get judged at some point or another. Sometimes we're judged for the color of our skin. Some people are judged because their skin tone is too dark. Some people are judged because their skin tone is too light. Some people are judged around this whole issue of COVID right now. We make judgments about masks and vaccines and our response to, to COVID. We make judgments about states that are closed and states that are open. Uh, We make judgments all the time. We judge people for, um, or or people get judged for the, the clothes that they wear or don't wear, the jobs that they have or don't have, the cars that they drive or don't drive. We all get judged. You know, even I as a pastor, I get judged all the time. Right now, if you're new with us, guess what you're doing? You're judging me. And it's like a a decent form of judgment. It's something that I even do when I'm visiting another church. But right now you're deciding, can I see myself listening to the short, bald guy on a regular basis? I'm not sure about that. 
You're judging our church to, to de determine, is this a place that I feel like is friendly? Could I see myself coming back and be a part of, of this church? That's kind of a judgment call in that moment. We all get judged. And the interesting thing is, we all judge. We all judge other people. And e even as a pastor, I don't love being judged, but I find myself at times judging other pastors. There are moments that I'll be listening to another pastor speak and, and he'll head in one direction and I'll say, oh, why didn't he go in this direction? That, that probably would have been a better direction. Why do I make that judgment? I don't know. I hate it when people do it to me, but there are moments that I do it to other people. Every time we walk into Walmart and we see somebody wearing something out in public they shouldn't wear, guess what we're doing? We're making a judgment in that moment. It might be just in our heads. Every once in a while, it comes out our mouths, and hopefully we say it quiet enough, but you know, we make these kind of judgments often. When you think that your boss is an idiot for a decision they've made related to how they're managing the company, you're making a judgment. We all make judgments. And not only do we all make judgments, guess what? We all want people to be judged. We all want people to be judged. So when you're driving up I-95 at 90 miles an hour, remember the speed limit is 70, but you're driving at 90, somebody passes you at 100, what do you want to happen? I want that person to be pulled over and judged for their speeding. I don't wanna be judged for my speeding, but I want them judged for their speeding. And when I uh, shop at Publix and, and I'm trying to get in and out of the store quickly and I pull into the 10 items or less aisle and someone ahead of me has a cart full of groceries, I want the cashier to judge them on my behalf and say, I'm so sorry, ma'am or sir, but you're not allowed to be in this line because it's a 10 item or less. And uh, I want them to be judged, but I certainly don't wanna be judged when I have 15 items and I'm trying to get through the line. So we all want people to be judged. And here's a little bit more serious uh, tone. When you find out that someone has sexually abused a child, what do you hope happens? Yeah, I, I hope they get arrested. I hope they get judged. I hope they are held accountable for their decisions. So we hate to be judged, we all judge. We all want people to be judged. So what do we do with what Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven? This is such a big deal to God. We've got to get this thing right. Jesus said, verse one, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And the new international version translates verse two as saying, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. So I'm gonna ask for some audience participation for a moment. But when you are being judged, how do you wanna be judged? Fairly. Fairly? How else? Graciously. That's my favorite word. How else do you wanna be judged? Yeah, know me personally. So I feel all that. When I'm being judged, I want people to be gracious to me, give me the benefit of the, of the doubt. I want people to judge me based upon my intentions and not my actions. I want them to know my heart, like to know, like, hey, maybe Trent made a weird decision there, but man, he's got a good heart, so there's probably a good reason that he made that decision. That's how we want to be judged 
And Jesus says the way we judge is how we will be judged. So if we thought more about that, I think we would more deeply consider some of the judgments that we make about other people. Then Jesus asks a deeply profound question in verse three. He says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, well, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Then look at the next word that he uses in verse five. What's that word? Hypocrite. Hypocrite. That's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter seven. That's what Jesus is talking about in other parts of the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking about hypocritical judgmentalism. That's what he's saying, don't do. Don't walk around just sitting in judgment over other people and how they live their lives. He's talking about hypocrisy. And sadly, that's what many Christians are known for. Many Christians are known for our judgmentalism and our hypocrisy. That's one of the top reasons that some non-Christians say they don't want to have anything to do with our faith or our God or us is because of our behavior. So if you aren't a Christ follower and you hate it, when Christians act like that, guess what? Jesus hates that too. And Jesus has zero tolerance for this. Zero tolerance. So we got to get this thing right. Jesus continues in verse five. He says, first, get rid of the log in your own eye. So when Jesus says first, that means there's a second thing that's coming, but we have to deal with the first thing. It says, first, get rid of the log in your own eye. And my question for us today is what log is in your eye? Do you have a log in your eye that's it's making it difficult for you to see into somebody else's life and to help them with, with their issues that they're wrestling with in their lives? You know, it's, it's so easy to sit in, in judgment over people who aren't living the way that they should when we aren't living the way that we know we should. And when we do that, we have a log in our eye. So do you have a log in your eye? At some point or another in your life, you will. Many times in my life, I have had logs in my eye. So we are supposed to first deal with the log in our eye, and then that's going to help us be more prepared for what Jesus says to do next. So here's the second thing that Jesus talks about. Verse five, again, he says, first, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then, here's the second thing, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So Jesus is not saying that we should never confront anybody about issues that they have in their lives. He's saying, make sure you don't do that with judgmentalism or hypocrisy. He's saying we actually have a responsibility to look closely at our lives before we speak to anybody else. And if we'll do that, then we'll have the right heart to do what Jesus asks us to do. Now, one way that we can understand what God says in scripture in one part of the Bible is to cross-reference it with another thing that God says in another part of the Bible. So I want you, want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, and how this helps us understand even more of what Jesus is saying. Galatians 6, verse 1 
says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So God, through Paul, helps us to understand a little bit more about what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter seven. And he says, we have a responsibility to help people who are off track in their relationship with God. But if you think about that for just a moment, you might conclude, well, isn't that being judgmental? Like if I see somebody who's off track in their relationship with God and I speak into their life, can't they pull out Matthew chapter seven and say, you're not supposed to judge me because you're being judgmental right now? Like, would they be right in that moment? Well, depends on how you're, you're doing that. But God doesn't say that's necessarily being judgmental. God says that's being caring. That's being concerned about them and their relationship with God. And then Paul's very clear, God through Paul, is very clear about who should do this. He said, you who are godly. Now, many Christians I know don't think they're godly. And some of the ones that I do know who think they're godly are some of the more hypocritical and judgmental Christians that I know. So what we can't do is we can't say, well, here's the loophole. I don't consider myself godly, so that means I'm not supposed to do this. Like, I, I don't have a responsibility to do this. But the idea behind what Paul is saying is when you are on track in your relationship with God and you see somebody else who's another Christ follower who's off track in their relationship with God, you have a responsibility to speak into their lives, to help them get back on track in their relationship with him. We have a responsibility to do that. And when we're in a right relationship with God, when we're obeying him, when, when we have a close relationship to him, when we're sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, when we care about people the way that God cares about people, we're in the right place. We have the right heart for speaking into somebody else's life. And then Paul tells us how to do this. He says we should do that carefully Gently and humbly. And if we're not doing it carefully, gently and humbly, I'm thinking we shouldn't do it at all. If we're not careful, if we're not gentle, if we're not humble as we speak to somebody else, we got to look in our own lives before we ever try to speak to somebody else. So God isn't saying, when you see somebody off track in their relationship with me, avoid them and avoid saying anything to them because that would be judgmental. God isn't saying that. God also isn't saying, when you see someone off track in their relationship with God, pull the Bible out and beat them over the head with it because that'll straighten them out. God isn't saying that either. He's saying carefully, gently, humbly, help that person back onto the right path in their relationship with him. I think one reason this is so important is because of what Paul said in Galatians 6.1. He says, be careful, lest you fall into the same temptation. And this is so amazing how God understands this about us. But there are moments when we look into somebody else's life and we're concerned about the direction of their lives and that's the very issue we gotta deal with in our lives. And if we aren't careful, if we aren't fully aware 
of our humanity and our own sinfulness and our own struggles, then we could fall into the exact same temptation that they're battling with right now. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in other people's lives. And that's why God says, be careful. Another reason this is so important is in 2 Corinthians 5.10. It says, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Now, specifically in this context, God through Paul is speaking to Christ followers. And I want you to imagine what that moment might feel like. One day, each of us are gonna stare into the eyes of a holy God. We're gonna give an account for our lives. And in that moment, we won't be able to hide behind any excuses. We won't be able to hide behind our intentions instead of our behavior. We won't be able to blame anybody else It'll just be us, God, and the truth. I think in that moment, we will all be eternally grateful as we look back in our lives for anyone who tried to speak truth to us, anyone who tried to help us in our relationship with God, either stay on track or get back on track. We will be so grateful for those people. And I think other people can be grateful for us if and when we care enough about them to speak truth to them in love in those moments when they may be off track in their relationship with God as well. I wonder about that conversation that we'll have with God. I wonder if he will ask us about people that we avoided to speak truth to. I wonder if God will say, hey, I put this person in your life, you know, maybe at school, Maybe I put them on an athletic team that you're a part of. Maybe I put them at work. Maybe they're your neighbor. Uh, Maybe I put them in your family. And I'm curious why you didn't speak truth to them. I'm curious why you avoided that. I'm curious why you allowed them to continue down a path away from me. Like, why didn't you speak more truth to them? And I don't think in that moment we'll be able to hide behind a, a bad understanding of what Jesus said in Matthew 7. Well, Jesus said, I'm not supposed to judge anyone. I don't think we'll be able to hide behind that. So how would you answer that question in that moment if that's a part of the questioning that God has for us? So God tells us that we have a responsibility to gently, humbly help other people back on track with him because of its eternal implications. Now, the next big question that we have to answer is, who are we supposed to do this with? Are we supposed to just walk around confronting everybody? Are we supposed to confront people inside the church, outside the church, people who don't care about God? Who are we supposed to confront? And I'm grateful for the clarity that we have from these two passages. So in Galatians 6.1, God through Paul says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, so if you're a Christ follower, you don't have any right to go confronting people who aren't Christ followers because they're not living by biblical standards. They haven't put their faith in Jesus and they have not like signed up to follow those standards. They haven't agreed to make those the standards of their lives. So we have a responsibility to speak truth to people that are other Christ followers. And listen to how Jesus clarifies that in Matthew 7. 
In Matthew 7, verse 5, he says, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So this is about people that are in our circle of influence. This might be somebody that's a really good friend of yours. This might be somebody in our church family that you go to church with. This might be somebody that you're in a small group with. This might be somebody you're on a serving team with. So again, it's in the context of other Christ followers who are in your circle of influence. Then listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5.12. He says, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders. That's people outside the Christian faith. So he says, I don't have a responsibility to judge people outside the Christian faith. So if you are here this morning or if you're watching online and you're not a Christ follower, here's what I recommend you do the next time a Christ follower tries to judge you for not living by biblical standards. Quote to them 1 Corinthians 5.12. Tell them, you're not supposed to do that. The Bible says so. That will silence them in a moment. And then if you help them understand what Matthew 7 says, they'll probably never speak to you ever again. You may get the thing that you've wanted. So Paul says, don't judge people outside the Christian faith. But then listen to what he says to those of us who are inside the Christian faith. He says, but certainly it is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. Now, if, if we just pull one verse out of the Bible and read it and think, that fully explains what we're supposed to do, we miss out on what God says in other parts of the Bible. So if you flip open to Matthew chapter seven and read verse one, oh, I'm not supposed to judge anybody. You flip over to 1 Corinthians 5.12 and you find out that Paul says you're supposed, you have a responsibility to judge those that are inside the Christian faith who are not living in a way that honors God. You might think, well, what am I supposed to do? This is a great contradiction. It's not a great contradiction when you understand how these things go together. So we have no right to judge people outside the church, outside the Christian faith for not living according to those standards, but we have a responsibility to carefully, gently, humbly speak truth to people who are other Christ followers, who are inside of our circle of influence. Now, I'm curious. If any of you here today or watching online are wondering, why did I choose to come to church today? Because I don't want to be responsible for this truth. If you think that, I understand it. Like, I get it. I really do. But I think a more accurate understanding of scripture can help us apply that and we benefit from it, and other, other people benefit from it, and guess what? We can benefit from it for all of eternity. This is a big deal. This impacts us for the rest of our existence for all of eternity. And again, I think we have a responsibility as Christ followers to speak truth to other Christ followers. So in summary, Jesus tells us not to judge people hypocritically, he tells us to carefully examine our lives before we try to speak into somebody else's life. He says we're supposed to carefully, gently, humbly help other Christ followers in our circle of influence get back on track in a relationship with him or stay on track in a relationship with him. And we shouldn't judge people outside the Christian faith because they haven't agreed to live by those standards. That should sound very different 
than what we understand Jesus saying in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, if we don't dig deeper. So here's my closing challenge for you today. If you're a Christ follower and you recognize that somebody in your circle, another Christ follower in your circle of influence, is not living in ways that honor God, first, look in your own life. Examine. Do you have a log in your eye? If you do, deal with that log. Get some help for that. Speak with somebody else about that issue before you go talk to somebody else about an issue in their life. But then once you've addressed any issue that may be in your life, care enough for that other Christ follower to go say something to them in love. Don't pull away from them. Don't ignore what they're doing. Talk to them about your concerns. And here's some recommendations for how to do that. This can be awkward. This can be messy. But as you do this, one recommendation is that you come in, again, humbly, gently, carefully, and say, help me understand. There's something I'm noticing in your life, and I know you're a Christ follower. I know you want to live by biblical standards and, and God's standards and, and what God has for us. And it feels like in this area of your life, you may not be doing that. I don't want to make a judgment call on that, but, but I need you to help me understand Scripture says a soft answer turns away wrath. I think a soft approach often calms people down. Now, you are not responsible for how they respond or how they react. But again, I think as Christ followers, we are responsible for whether we care enough to speak to somebody else who's in our circle to help them stay on track with God. I think they will be eternally grateful for that conversation, even if they don't love it in the moment. I think they'll be grateful. If you know someone who isn't a Christ follower and they aren't living according to biblical standards, don't judge them, don't withdraw from them, just love them. It's one of the greatest things that you could ever do for someone. Just love them towards Jesus. And then lastly, if you are eager today to leave here and go judge someone based upon what I've said in this message, please don't. Stay for the second service, okay? And then maybe listen to this message again later this week and then maybe next week. Look in your own life. There's no way we can speak into anybody else's lives unless we look into our own lives first. We should never be eager to rush into somebody else's life and to speak something of correction for them. We should do so humbly, gently, and carefully. Now, as we close today, our worship team is going to come out and give us a moment to evaluate our lives. They're going to give us a chance to evaluate how we're doing in our relationship with God. And as we sing today, I encourage you, to, if you're a Christ follower, just spend a few minutes, evaluate how you're doing with God. And if you're not doing real well, I encourage you to begin a conversation with him about how do I fix this? God, how do we fix this broken relationship? God, is there any log in my eye that I need to deal with? And if you realize through this song that you need to have a conversation with someone about this, I'll be available in our lobby. Brian, our care pastor, will be available in our lobby as well. We've got some people that are available at our care table. Like if you've got a prayer issue, a care issue that you need prayer for, you need help with, Stop by. We would love to, to talk with you 
about that. And while we're singing, I encourage you to ask God, God, is there anybody in my circle of influence that you are asking me right now to speak truth to? If so, ask God to give you boldness for that, courage, and a humble heart. And then some timing, the right timing to have this conversation and make a plan. Lord, I'm going to care about this person. I'm not going to ignore them any longer. I'm not going to withdraw from them. I'm going to care about them the way that you care about them. I'm going to care about them enough to speak your truth to them. I want you to think about this uh, as we close. Right now, someone might be praying about lovingly confronting you. Isn't that fun to think about? How do you want to respond if somebody is trying to obey this command, I think, from Scripture? Are you going to react? Are you going to power up? Are you going to shut down? Are you going to hide? Are you going to blame? Are you going to distance yourself from them? Are you going to be open? Are you going to ask, God, is this a legit issue that they're bringing to me that I need to address in my life? I think we need to be careful about how we respond just as much as we're careful about how we approach people when it comes to this. Now, next week, we are going to deal with what I think is one of the most important messages in this entire series that we're doing. It might be one of the most important messages that we do all year. And I hope you'll be, be here for this. I hope you'll join us online for this. Because this is one thing that we twist in scripture that really has eternal implications for us and other people as well. So I hope you'll be here for that. Now, if you would, let's pray together. And then let's talk to God. So Lord, uh, this morning... We just approach this subject with lots of humility. This subject of judgment in scripture where Jesus, you seem to say that we shouldn't judge anybody for anything in their lives and yet when we dig deeper in that passage and understand what you say in other parts of scripture, we can have a more accurate understanding of what you mean in Matthew chapter seven. And Lord, we have a responsibility as Christ followers to speak truth to other Christians in our circles who are off track in their relationship with God. Lord, we should want to do that for them and we should want other people to to do that for us. Lord, you're, you're talking about hypocrisy here in this passage. We shouldn't just walk around judging anybody for anything. We should carefully, we should humbly We should gracefully speak truth to other people who are in our circles. So Lord, I pray that you would guide us in how to do that in a way that will bring honor and glory to you, in a way that will build our relationships, not tear them apart. So teach us how to do this, I pray. Lord, this morning, if there's a log in somebody's eye, I pray that you would point that out. I pray that they would get help for that log. They would address that issue in their relationship with you before they try to address an issue in anybody else's life. So Lord, we give you permission now to speak truth to us. In Jesus' name.